All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. They're coming to get you, Barbara. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Here's Johnny. Vanity. Definitely my favorite city. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. The power of Christ compels you! This is my boomstick! What's your favorite scary movie? Good evening, and welcome to Shiver, a horror movie podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Daniel DeBona. And I'm David Ayoa, back from a week off uh, where I wasn't actually off. I was just meeting with uh, with student parents, as Daniel said last episode, and uh, oh, so grateful that I didn't have to watch what seemed to be a train wreck of a movie, <laughs> oh uh, ju- judging by, uh, by your comments. And also, Nick. Uh, yeah. Nick, Nick seemed a, a little bit more forgiving of Antlers, but it didn't seem like it was that great. It was. I mean, it was it was a movie. Um, somebody took the time to make it. It had a couple good special effects, but uh, yeah. yeah, it was not anything spectacular. Um, well, hopefully today we can change that around with something. Um, I'm not exactly sure uh, what Daniel's thoughts are on the movie that we picked this week because uh, Danny and I try not to talk too much right. about um, about the, the, the movies that we're going to be reviewing, but, uh, but we do give it, you know, a little, little here and there, like what you think, you know, just a thumbs up, thumbs down sort of thing. And I don't know if he was being sarcastic or not earlier. Uh. So, so we'll, so we'll find out. Right. But as you can tell, uh, we are going to be discussing the 2018 war horror film Overlord. And uh, this is a movie that I have been trying to do on Shiver for, uh, it seems like forever. Yeah, and you have talked about this one for a while. <laughs> pretty much since like before we started, I think right. I said, hey, I, eventually I want to do this movie. Um, and this is one of those movies that whenever someone asks me like, hey, what are some of your favorite movies? So I'm kind of giving away a little bit. How I about <laughs> uh, whenever someone asks me, hey, how, uh, you know, what are some of your favorite movies? I always go back to the ones that I rewatch most. We were just talking about Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's yes. one of them for me. Uh, the Wrath of Khan. That's another one for me. Um, very recently, I, I had to make the the confession to to Daniel uh, and, and and to Jeff that uh, Mad Max Fury Road is the movie I, I rewatch most and maybe might be my favorite movie. I don't know, but this is another one of them. I rewatch this so often. Uh, it, it just it, it has I don't know it, it, to me it, the mixing of war and horror makes an awful lot of sense and it's True. been done before we did dead snow very early I think it was episode two of, yes, it was of a, shiver it was a long, old 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 one. yeah but it I mean it, it's a very different kind of movie it's right. it's a B movie not unlike this one but it treats itself like a B movie. It holds its material to uh, that satirical uh, pedestal that B movies often do. And, and this is not that this is something very different. It's kind of respectful of the war movie genre, but it's also respectful of the horror genre, or at least tries to be. 
So uh, my my question to you, Daniel, is does it deliver on either the war or horror aspect? I mean, because th there's there's a big promise that this movie makes with the trailer. I don't know if you remember the trailer. I do. But it's I mean, right out of the, the gate, it's like this is what we are. And you go into it assuming that's what it's going to be. Right. So what did you feel about this? So this movie is a lot, right? Um, and it starts off real super generic, like war movie, you know? And you, when you start off with this movie, it's, it's a horror movie, but like, you know, a war, a horror movie in the way that apocalypse now is a horror movie, right? The, uh -huh. the, the horrors of war and they, but man, they, they don't, they don't pull any punches like out of the gate. Yeah. Um, with with doing the the horrors of war part, and then and then yeah, then when the actual like horror movie genre part hits, it hits pretty hard too. This movie, I think, successfully really blends these two things because I agree with the fact of what you said, where this movie is very respectful of both genres because, like you said about Dead Snow, Dead Snow is goofy. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's it's a war movie because there's there's soldiers, there's zombie soldiers in it or whatever, but it's not a war movie, right? They're, no. they're just they're just soldiers. Mm -hmm. Um this one is uh, when it starts off, you know, you get this scene where the the planes exploding and you get this really intense you know firefight in the air and the people coming out of the planes and people getting body parts and stuff blown off. I I mean, it is very very war movie there was one scene in particular at the very beginning where they're walking um after they successfully land a couple of them yeah. land they're walking and you just see all the paratroopers who didn't make it like and they're they're just hanging from their parachutes like stuck in trees and stuff like that i'm getting goosebumps yeah about that shot and, it's, and, it's, and, a, it's a gorgeous and and terrifying shot yes and i immediately had that thought where i was going this scene this scene right here could be in any World War II movie. Yeah. And and it and it makes sense. And it looks good. And yes, because it's this amazing shot where they're all silhouetted by the fire of everything burning in the background and stuff like that. So yeah, it hits on all those cylinders right away. You get the small French town. It's all this great World War II stuff. All right. So so far, so far, I'm like, okay, so I got a war movie in my hands. By the way, and, and for I forgot to say this at the top, this is the first time I've ever seen this. <laughs> um, it was one that just kind of slipped through the cracks for me. So then we eventually get to the horror turn where you you get into the church where the Nazis have uh, have set up this radar jamming device. And so you get in there and you start seeing a bunch of weird stuff. Then it takes yeah. that science turn and yeah, like once you start getting what are essentially these World War II Nazi zombies they're presented in a really scary way because they're only zombies. There's zombies in the aspects of the fact that they come back to life, but everything that they have, everything else they have is anti-traditional zombie. They're fast. Yeah. They're strong as shit. They, they seem to have far more than a survival instinct. And if at all, it is a survival instinct, then it is a survival instinct on roids. Yeah. So, they they do that part really well too. You get some, you get a couple of great jump scares. You get a really good protagonist, big bad, you know, monster fight. Mm -hmm. 
I think it does a lot of things well. I think it does war well. I think it does horror well. I think it does monster movie well. Like the, that specific clash at the end between uh, between protagonist and monster. Because we had this discussion about this movie. And we've also had it about whether or not we could do Predator or even yeah. Prey, the, the newer one. And you you start to look at those and this movie does a good job of bridging that gap between like alien and aliens. When we did alien, we talk about the fact that it's a horror movie. Aliens is an action movie. This one goes from one kind of into the other. It goes from war movie and bridges straight over into scary horror. And then it crosses one more and it's in that full blown action movie uh, type stuff. And, it does it real well. It never feels forced. It it feels paced really well. I was impressed because I expected, I did not expect, I'm not, not going to lie to you. I didn't expect much of this movie. I know you love it. And I know that, mm-hmm. and I know that, 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 that you have very good taste in movies, but I just Thank wasn't, I, I, I think I do, <laughs> but I just, I just wasn't expecting anything from this movie. And it left me surprised at how well it did those things. Um, I'm I'm really glad to hear you say that because I do feel like this is a movie that tends to fly under the radar. Yeah. Um, it, it was not an A movie. This is definitely a B movie, but it's a B movie that was treated with the respect that an A movie often gets by the creative team. It looks like an A movie. This it does looks not like this does movie. not look like a low budget movie, and by all accounts, it is. Right. Um and they definitely had to pull back from what I understand from what the original screenplay was uh, because of budget. But I also feel like the movie benefits because of that. Uh, yeah. some, some of the best war stories are the stories that focus on individuals and, and, and they, they go intimate. They go small scale. Right. Um, you and I mentioned apocalypse now. Um, you know, that's, one of the things that this movie kind of reminds me of yeah, because this, this isn't saving private Ryan, which I think is the greatest war movie of all time. Um, and, and we can argue back and forth on what is, because I don't think there's a right answer to that. Right. Cause apocalypse now is fantastic. So, is um, you know, uh, so is glory. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot of really great yeah. war movies out there. Um, but what I think that, um, Omaha Beach scene in Saving Saving Private Ryan does for that movie where it totally sets the tone for for what's to come. I do feel like the tone is set in this movie by that opening scene where you do see everyone get blown and and shredded pieces. And and but it goes from Omaha Beach, right? Saving Private Ryan to the the hull of a c-47 yeah you know it's small scale we're focusing on these guys right and that does happen in saving private ryan as well but still we're focusing on i don't know that there's a star of saving private ryan right because the the entire platoon is amazing and you know sure you can point to tom hanks as the, the you know the the star power yeah, but is he the star of the movie? I don't know because that that's shared by so many people. But there is someone that we follow in this movie, uh, Giovanna Depo as as uh, Private Boyce. Boyce is yep. um, fucking awesome. 
Yeah, and, and we we know that he's going to be the guy that we're latched on to from the very beginning when he's pushed out that plane and we follow him all the way down. That's an absolutely incredible shot. It's all done in one shot. Uh, now, yeah. he didn't actually get pushed out of a plane, <laughs> uh, you know, it, but we do. The camera does follow him from the inside of the hole to yeah. getting pushed out. And then he's on a gimbal and it's just rocking him back and forth. Uh, it, it's all in the special features. You can find them all on YouTube. Uh, I have the, the Blu-ray here at home, but you can find it on YouTube. It's an hour's worth of special features, all oh, about wow. the making of the movie. And it's really worth watching because they they go into how much like a war movie this was treated, how much like a horror movie this was treated. And you also mentioned Predator. And um, I absolutely love Predator. I grew up watching Predator and still watch Predator about once a year. <laughs> um, but I, I think where Predator and this are different because they're both monster movies and they're bore, they're both war-esque, right? right. Uh, you know, lots of action. Um, Predator is almost two movies. It starts as one and ends as another. Starts okay, as an action yeah. as, 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 as an action movie, um, you know, military conflict movie, and becomes a monster movie becomes a survival horror movie whereas i think that whether we're focused on the grounded military aspect of this movie or we're focused on the crazy stuff that the that the nazis were doing in the end we're all exploring the same horror which is the horrors of war right um and 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 the 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 fears that are attached to war and 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 its belligerence the 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 our our enemies in war and we'll, we'll talk about that a little more when when we get into uh some of these other sections but uh, i definitely think that this works both as war and horror and as a hyphenated war horror movie right yeah, it, it does a lot of really great things. And there's definitely inspiration here from a lot of different things. I, I mean, there, there are some scenes from this that feel like they are ripped straight from playing like a Wolfenstein game, right? Yeah. And I mean, there's plenty here, but it's also, it's a really fresh take on looking at these things and looking at the war movie, looking at the zombie movie looking at all of this. So, I mean, does, does it all work? Like we've said that it's, you know, it, it, it succeeds in both yeah. aspects, but as a full movie, when you smash them together, do, do we get something that's cohesive here? Or like you said with predator, do we get two different movies? So I, I think we get one cohesive story here. Um, there's definitely inspirations of world war two movies of the past. Uh, right. I think particularly the World War II movies of the 60s, not the more propaganda filled movies of the 40s, because uh, like I, I love John Wayne movies. I'm a, I'm a <laughs> right. sucker for John Wayne movies. I'm pretty sure I've said that before. I, I, I love stuff like Island in the Sky and um, uh, the Sands of Iwo Jima, uh, The Longest Day. I mean, this stuff is great. Um but it's not necessarily the portrayal of war that is most accurate or right. that we have you know, come to recognize as, OK, well, this this is a war movie. 
You know, that was really more as a rah rah go America, right? You know, uh, kill 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 the Nazi bastards, and and I'm okay with that. But um, but this is not that. This is more in the vein of the Dirty Dozen of uh, the Guns of Navarone. I got Tora, real Tora. five. Oh, I love Tora Tora Tora. Uh, you know, but those those 60s and, and 70s, you know, movies like the original Inglorious Bastards, uh, you know, you get a lot of vibes of that here. But you also get, like you said, Wolfenstein vibes. Yeah. Uh, and I am a huge fan of the Wolfenstein video games. I knew that there had been a Wolfenstein movie in development for a long time. And. I thought when I saw this trailer that this was that movie. And so, so I, I, I got ridiculously excited. And then when it said Overlord, I was like, okay, uh, not Wolfenstein, but kind of. Right, but I mean, but yeah, but it is. Right? So, so I, I kind of treated this as like the only chance for me to finally get a Wolfenstein movie. And in a lot of ways it is, and in a lot of ways it isn't because it's the perfect marriage of – the World War II movie that we love so much and the zombie content that we love so much. Um, so I, I, I love the way that they smash these things together. The story for me really works because it's really simple and as fictional as it is, fits in with the actual history of what went down on D-Day. Right. Because it doesn't touch D-Day. It doesn't say, here are some new characters. Like, they're not fucking with Eisenhower. They're not fucking <laughs> yeah. with Montgomery. You know? Right. It's like, yeah, those guys were there. They're doing their thing. You know, Montgomery's over in, uh, uh, that it wasn't Utah. Where was it? I don't know. And uh, and Eisenhower's on Omaha. You know, yeah. All that's there. Nothing changes about Normandy. But there's also this little thing that you didn't know about. Right. And, and, and that's where this movie exists in that almost fantasy realm of we're slightly fucking with the history here. And it does it in a way where it treats the real history with respect, but it also gives us a alternate history that is kind of rooted in some of the rumored stuff that we yeah. know about uh about nazis the fact that they were doing experiments on humans uh on 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 people that they were doing you know these uh atrocious things and so it's it it's not really a huge step in the imagination to say well they would have done something like this right I totally imagine them doing something like this and not just because i played return to castle wolfenstein way too fucking much when i was in high school yeah I mean, when you, when you, when, if you actually ever do any research into like the Goebbels experiments yeah. and that stuff, uh, this is light work. <laughs> I mean, the, the, yeah. the, the idea of just, oh, well, we take our own dead guys or people from a village and we kill them and try to bring them back to life. Like, oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought we were talking about the horrors of war. I right. thought we were talking about the awful things that Nazis did. And, and, and you know, the, not just, and not, I'm not just talking concentration camps. I'm talking, go look at the, the medical research. And I, honestly, you don't even have to put it in quotes because a lot of it has gone on to become like, be cited very shadowly cited as mm -hmm. legitimate medical research, but they were yeah. doing awful, terrible things to people. So it was a doctor death, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. doctor death. And so, like, when when you take the idea of oh well, they're 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 just killing people to bring them back to life. 
fuck yeah you know <laughs> okay <laughs> like i'm all i'm all right with this like you know yeah. you get into that weird space yeah and i so that's why i think this movie works so well is because the the horrors that it explores is they are real horrors of war the violence the the gore the things that soldiers have to endure are things that people shouldn't endure right um like we we are not built for this stuff no matter what anyone says there's that great line that especially that, not that, me and you let's just no, be 100% no, no, especially no. not like the royal we are not built for this but also like right here on this podcast yeah. me and you not built for this yeah particularly there's a reason why i don't serve <laughs> right. um my my service to uh uh to the community is is in our schools um yeah, and, and, and it does take a, a special kind of person to to do this job, and um and 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 yet I I still think it's a job that shouldn't exist, right? Um, you know, and, and so it, it's it's a real horror because I I have friends and family that have served, and what they've told me about war, what they share because they don't share everything, but what they share sounds fucking awful. Yeah. And, and, and the trauma that a lot of these guys come back with, that's not trauma that you can just forget. Yeah, that's, you you that's not trauma that you can just learn to live with either. I mean, you got to work through that shit. Um, so, I mean, we can we can totally imagine that aspect of horror. And it's on display right from the beginning. And, and, and Tibbet does tell him, uh, boys, he goes. You're not built for this. Yeah, like because no one's fucking built for this. And you know, Tibbet, as much as he's my favorite fucking character in the movie, um, like he, he's 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 he also represents that guy who who thinks that he is built for this. Yeah, you know the 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 guy who's like, yeah, you know, go kill Kami for mommy, you know, and 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 w- signs up for fucking Vietnam. Yeah, yeah, he's you know? he's he's the guy who he. You, you know he ride he rides that that real real thin line of whether or not he actually believes his own bullshit. You know, uh, you know, he's he's the, he's the guy who's going to take that short trip, that short what is it, that short train ride from Paris to Berlin, and and pop and pop Hitler himself, right? And then this yeah. thing, and you watch the guy and you go, I get that there's a certain level of gravitas you need to exist in this, but also I'm listening to you talk, and maybe you actually think that's the plan. Yeah, um, and <laughs> I. I could see a sequel to this where uh, you know, a C company you know, led by Boyce and, and Tibbet and, and Rosenfeld end up in Berlin yeah. and, and in a weird and glorious bastards like turn of events do actually murder Adolf Hitler. Yeah. And They'll I would it love, look like I would he love shot to himself. watch that. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, and that's, that's the other thing that this did is um, – they treated these these young guys as badasses. Yeah, um, and and that's something that you don't often see in these movies. And I, I think because it wandered into the realm of the supernatural, it could afford itself some leeway there. Yeah, because because this is in fact fantasy. It it, it is, and horror is always fantasy. Um, right. uh, except when it's sci-fi, hey, yeah. <laughs> um, except with the sci-fi fantasy. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> are we talking about Jason X again? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and these, these guys were, were, were incredible. They were, they were, they were badass. And I, I love that scene when, when Rosenfeld and Tibbet are 
like doing the whole thing with the nazis where like the fucking head explodes yeah and 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 they're just like mowing down these fucking nazis and it's like you guys are bad as fuck man yeah i don't want to fuck with you guys yeah, like they they establish real early in the movie that these guys are pretty fresh out of basic, or right. and and so it would you would think that the way they'd go is making these guys kind of bumbling idiots, and they mm-hmm. they do some stupid stuff because they're new to it, but also they 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 oh yeah they get moments to shine, they get moments where they do these great things. You get Boyce actually you know you get boys rescuing the guy and and yeah the two guys trying to convince the nazis that there's more of them and just running through the woods tibbet i mean while moving backwards like popping off headshots right you get a bunch of that great stuff i think that that the fact that we're able to sit here and talk about these characters is what made this work as one contiguous story because they got us invested in these guys and it was no longer about it being a war movie. It was about seeing these guys through to the end and, and caring about what happened to these guys. So we were going to take anything. There could have been aliens in that bunker. We'd have been like, yep, let's go because we cared about these guys. What we got was zombies. And that was awesome. They also didn't, they didn't immediately, just jump into it. The fact that they took the time to create this arc that made it feel like it, it was okay that we ended up inside a church dungeon full of zombies, right? When you say it that way, it sounds insane. Right. But when we, when we got this movie, we get these guys who immediately start off in all this crap. Then they land. Dude, we stepped on the landmine that scared the shit out of me. Yeah, I, I was expecting that. And and um, I mean, I, I've seen this movie at this point probably <laughs> close to 10 or 15 times. Right. And and it's still every time like I always forget when in Dawson's speech. Yeah, that landmine's going to go off. And he's sitting there talking about how he wrote this book and the landmine goes off scared. Like I said, just scared the shit out of me. And they they end up in the town. There's the. Oh, I gotta I can't wait to talk about characters. But but they they end up in the town and they meet a couple they meet a couple of people there and then they have to get everything just made sense. It was paced in a way that by the time I was finally face to face with a with a zombie Nazi, I was like, yeah, okay, I'm on this, board. Uh, yeah. yeah, this makes sense. I'm here, right? Like I'm I, I I now fully support Boyce and anything he's doing because I watched this guy. He was just out, like trying to meet his buddies. Ends up in a truck full of dead bodies, and then and then ends up finding out that the Nazis are running these crazy experiments. Just the whole thing is so bonkers. It's so batshit crazy when you say it individually, but when you're watching the movie, every next piece makes sense. It's so weird. I've thought about this all day. I keep going, where did the turn happen when it stopped being a war movie and started being a horror movie? And what makes it work as one movie is that turn was never there. It was always both. We were just faced with different levels of war and horror. And they mesh these things and did they did so much more with it than than I thought. This is what it's funny. I just like I said, I wasn't expecting much. I didn't expect it to be bad, but I just 
I didn't expect to, I didn't expect there to be characters that I cared about. I didn't expect there to be a story that made a lot of sense that got me into these things. I was expecting parachute down, land in town, everybody's zombies, we've got to fight our way out. And that movie might have been fine too, but it wouldn't have been as good as this one was because this one made sense and created characters that I wanted to see survive no matter what they had to fight through. And I was, I was super impressed with they they stuck the shit out of that landing. Yeah. I, that's a lofty dismount. On top of all of that, like how do we not only wrap this movie up, but how do we do it in a way that doesn't feel cliche, that doesn't feel like we just needed to put a bow on this thing. And the way that they wrap everything up with with Boyce and uh Ford down underneath the church and and fighting with the i forgot wafner 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 yeah the way they wrap all of that up and and get everybody back together and it, it was it was so good and it didn't feel rushed it didn't feel forced it didn't feel cliche i just i wish i could sit here and pick it like one part of this movie to tell you when it was more one than the other but it wasn't really because we keep using the phrase horrors of war this was scary and horrific from the beginning. Zombies were just another piece of the puzzle. And so it never had to make the turn because it established within the first few minutes that this movie's going to be horrifying. And then they just kind of went with, they just went out there with it. So I, I think that, I, I think that they blended these two things very, very well. I was super impressed. Yeah. You, <sighs> The thing is that the, the Nazis were such a horrific group of people. Correct. That it really doesn't matter how brutal they take this movie, what what area they go into, how out there they go. Right. There's no plot that someone says, I don't see the Nazis doing that. Well, the, a, a sensible person. Doesn't say that. Let's face it. We, I think, I think that, I think the, the current news has made us made us very aware of the fact that there are people who go eh, Nazis wouldn't do that. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, you're right. A sensible person uh, wouldn't 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 uh, wouldn't be shocked by anything that they would have put in this movie, uh, because we ultimately know that what happened for real is even more horrifying. Yeah, I mean the the whole premise of Hellboy. Is that the that the Nazis are trying to bring a demon over to their side to fight for them? And you watch that and you go, I mean, in the grand scope yeah. of the shit the Nazis did, it was so didn't, you know? didn't yeah. they? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, okay, like I, I'm yeah. sorry, I thought we were gonna make something scary about Nazis. <laughs> you know, you're right. There's there should be no limit to how poorly you can portray them on screen because they were that horrific of a people. Yeah. And, and and then along the way, creating such great tension with that story. Um, and, and I always go back to that scene where Waffner has first come into Chloe's house and uh, Paul drops the ball. Yeah. Upstairs and the soldiers are going up there. And there's that great moment where the soldier and Paul are face to face. The soldier's head is just poking out from, oh. from the bottom of the attic. And there's Ford and Boyce, and they've got their rifles pointed right at these guys, ready to blow them away. 
there is such tension there. Yes. I mean, uh, to, to me, the tension that's built in this movie um, doesn't get quite there because, I mean, the scene is masterful. Yes. But it gets close to uh, some of those scenes in Inglorious Bastards with uh, the incredible Christoph Waltz. <sighs> Uh, you know, particularly that first scene. Yes. That opening scene, you know, where he's talking about, you know, hiding, you know, some uh, some of the Jews and, uh, you know, and he's doing it while he's drinking milk. And apparently there was, in fact, a Nazi commander who uh, was in charge of I can't remember what province there in, in France, but he often drank milk as he would go and be very polite to people and 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 manipulate you into giving up the Jews in your area. It was uh, it, uh, it's what what we see, you know, right. that's that's what Pilau Aspek got to here. It's the same thing that Christoph Waltz got to in Inglorious Bastards. And I think that kind of leads us towards an area that we've been trying not to get into, <laughs> uh, but we have to, which is such an amazing cast. Yes. Um, and and I, I called this Allies and Axis because that's Love really it. what we have here. Um, you know, we have an international cast portraying really just three groups of people. We've got Americans, we've got Germans, and we've got French. But we've got people from all over the world playing these characters, right? Um, good and bad. And 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 I think it's it's really amazing when you can portray a nazi and not make me hate you right for you like simply existing yeah exactly. but ma ma make me hate you for how evil your character is uh because you have to play him as human yeah and 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 i think that's really difficult so um is is there any one two three however many you want to talk about because i'm going to talk about like a fuck ton of people here right uh that stand out as hero or villain yeah so um i know i know how much you love this movie and i and i know that even if i talk about some of the bigger ones that uh, i was thinking about this last night it's like when we go to talk about characters i i know there are certain ones that that, that dave is really going to want to talk about and stuff like that so i'm going to take the opportunity to open this one to talk about the two my two favorite performances in this movie were not major characters. Their combined screen time is probably less than three minutes. But my two favorite characters in this movie are, I loved the little bit of Bokeem Woodbine we oh, got as Sergeant so Renson at the <laughs> beginning. I, I love Bokeem Woodbine. That dude is incredible. I, I think mm -hmm. the first time I ever saw him in anything was when I saw Dead Presidents. I love that movie. Oh, he, that's a great movie. He's a guy that he's he's got you know, you see his face and you go, oh man, he's he's one of the guys where you go, that's the dude from the thing. Right. And, and you you <laughs> always recognize him. But I Dead Presidents and The Rock. That's where I go when yeah. I see him. Fuck, and, I love The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> and he's He's so great in that movie. You've got all these guys clustered in there, all busting each other's balls. And he walks in there and immediately demands their respect and then just steals the scene mm -hmm. and just absolutely just, just takes all the, the just sucks all the air at like the, the light, the lightheartedness out of this as they're all just, like I said, they're busting balls. They're getting on to each other about the one guy's got the, um, 
the the necklace or whatever in his pouch with yep. his gum and and he comes in and you know lays the mission out tells them what they're gonna do but does it in that great sergeant drill instructor way you know where mm-hmm. i'm also gonna remind you that you're piss ants and and he does such a good job with like all that classic arlie ermy yes exactly but then when standing in a field completely surrounded by nazis with shotguns what does he say any of y'all krauts got a cigarette Hell i fucking yes. love that line Hell i love yes. that line and then and then just doesn't doesn't you know try to get out of it it's not not screaming to the heavens just realizes that nobody's gonna get up cigarette he's like oh, ain't that some shit you know and that, that's it <laughs> like he's he knows he's done for there's no point in pleading or anything so fuck these guys like oh you don't have a cigarette so you're gonna do me like that no cigarette okay you know and so he does such a great job in his short-lived time in the movie but my favorite character in this movie and and i am i am not a guy who usually does the my favorite is this minor character who's a kid but damn it paul was so great Uh. (laughs) i loved paul and he was this great interpretation of a kid stuck in the worst situation and still just trying to be a kid. You know, when he shows up and he's got his glove on and Chloe says he, he assumes all Americans play baseball. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he just and, and that's all he wants. All he wants is he knows there's Americans in his house and he wants to play some baseball. But then the way he just gets attached to Tibbet's hip and he starts just following him around and his hand, his hand just become exactly <laughs> the same. He mimics everything he does. And it's so, so great. Like my heart was shattering when Waffner ran off with Paul. Oh, yeah. And I was I, I'm sitting there just watching. They, they, uh, uh, I'm, I was going to be pissed. If they did not, and if any, if back. any movie would break the cardinal rule of you don't kill the children, this one would, right. because I believe I, I believe that Nazis will kill children because they right. did. Yes, and so I mean, I was I was so invested in Paul because he was this little ray of innocence. He wasn't portrayed as a war-torn kid with the the sunken, you know, ash-filled cheeks and and starving and stuff like that. You could tell that Chloe was working to give him the best life possible. You know, she's out there scavenging and, and doing all these things and and just trying to keep him alive. But also, he didn't seem like he had this. This he he didn't know he had an awful life. Let me say it like that. I'm not going to say it didn't yeah. seem like he had an awful life. It obviously didn't seem like that. He lived in Germany in German occupied France, but he didn't know he had an awful life. And even though none of that is really explored, the fact that this kid is fully aware of the fact that Americans play baseball and he's got himself a baseball glove and he and he's got the ball and, and you know and he's not afraid of these American soldiers. He's not some beaten dog. I was. I don't know. I may have just made too much about it because I just fell in love with how cute this kid was and how great he was. But I feel like there was so much given to us in this one little character of Paul. And and the kid didn't really, like I said, he didn't say much, if anything, that I'm trying to remember. But he he brought something yeah, very to... Yeah, he brought something to the movie 
other than just being a damsel in distress when he was kidnapped. He, they made us care about him by showing us that, you know, she, it makes Chloe seem even better at being a big sister because, like I said, he didn't know he had an awful life. And I just, I just loved him so much. And yes, there, there, there are, there are plenty of other great, uh, great people. I'm not saying that that these two are the ones who the movie was built around or anything. But I know how much you love this movie, and I, I want to give you that opportunity to talk about those guys. So I was like, you know what, this is who I'm going to talk about. And and I just, I loved them so much. Like uh, it was Sergeant Renton with, with Bokeem Woodbine, and then. Uh, Paul was uh, Gianni Topher. I'm probably massacring that, but you know, he, I don't know where he's, he's done anything else or anything like Something that. In French. It, yeah. Yeah. They were, they were great. Um, and here's the thing is that any character that you bring up, I think is, yeah, sure. I'm going to go with you there because I don't think there was a single bad actor or badly written character in this movie. They all right. felt real, um, you know, and, and even you know, uh, Nazi number three in the background <laughs> seemed real to me. Uh, you know, the the Nazi that gets his head blown off. Yeah, that's a that's a throw that, that, in any other movie. That's a throwaway character, and yet from the get go, he seems real evil and twisted. Like he enjoys what he's doing. Yeah, so that when he does get his head blown off. You're fucking cheering. Man. Yeah, you're celebrating. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you and you know what's gonna happen. You're like, oh fuck, I know, <laughs> but I but I don't. How exactly is this gonna How work? are they gonna do it? Yeah. You knew you knew as soon as he's on the motorcycle and everything, you're like, this guy's gonna blow up when they get him in the gates. Let's see how creative <laughs> they get. Um uh, to, to me though, you know, even though there are, I think, some obvious answers here. Um Russell, uh, Wyatt Russell as uh, as Corporal Ford is awesome. Uh, Giovanna Depo as Boyce is awesome. Pilau Asbake as uh, as Captain Waffner is is awesome. For me, there's two characters that bring me back to this movie time and time again, and it's uh, Tibbet and Chloe. Right. And and these these two characters, I think, exemplify uh, a strength that you don't see very often in movies. And when you do, it's often not done well. Um, it kind of reminds me of you. You made a comment when we talked about Doctor Sleep, where um, uh, the 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 young girl that played uh, Abra, you said that um, it's it's really difficult to see that kind of character, the unafraid teenage girl done so well. Right. Um, and, and, and when that happens, there's usually like a, a cockiness that goes along with it that makes the character somewhat unlikable. And I think with Tibbet, we see that often that cocksure, um, you know, headstrong guy who's, you know, who we know is just being strong for himself. Right. So that, so that he can make it through this shit show. Um, that guy tends to be an unlikable character. And sometimes I think it's even written that way because by nature, those kinds of people are just annoying. 
Yeah, like uh, uh, what was it? The Bear Jew in Inglorious Bastards, right? Yeah, like he's, yeah, he's he's the he's the caricature version of Tibbet. Right, right. Uh, but that actor, um, uh, Magano, I can't remember his Joe? first name. Joe Joe Magano. John 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 Magaro. Magaro, that's it. Yeah, he breathes such life into Tibbet because he does allow us to see his vulnerability from time mm-hmm. to time. And that's that's a really difficult game to play, that balance of, yeah, I think I'm a badass. I believe in uh, – maybe I believe in everything I say. I'm that kid. He, he's like Chunk from the Goonies. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah, like that time Michael Jackson asked to use your bathroom, right? Like he's, right. he's just so full of shit. He, he believes it, right? And yet he lets us see that that vulnerability that 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 you never want to let someone see, particularly in war. Right. That is such a balancing act, and I think he pulls it off, and and he pulls it off spectacularly. Yes. And 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 then you have, uh, who to, to me is the most surprising here, because I I think this may have been her first movie. Uh, Mathilde Olivier as Chloe. Um, she is so damn good. And I never once question her strength. Right. And, and, and I think that that's a really difficult thing to do for a woman character in a war movie. Because so often women in war movies are portrayed as either damsels in distress or, um, you know, the, the woman who's waiting for her husband or her son or someone to come back. Right. And so we very rarely get that strong physical performance. You know, the, those those characters like a like a Sarah Connor. Yeah. Or um, or an Imperator Furiosa from from Mad Max. Like those are rare characters. And what's even more rare is when you get someone who's that drop dead gorgeous. Yes. And 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 they don't play up her 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 beauty. Right. It's not about how beautiful this woman is. And I think Mad Max is one of the best examples of that. Right. Because you have one of the most beautiful women who has ever existed. And not once am I thinking when I'm watching this movie, man, Charlie's there. It's so hot. I'm I'm thinking she's so badass, and that's right. exact. Are you okay? Yeah, there's there's I don't know. There's like a I, I let the dog out earlier, and there's a gnat in here, and I just smacked my <laughs> microphone because it keeps trying to fly in my mouth. So if you're watching live, that's why I'm swatting furiously at my laptop. Um, yeah, and th- the same thing happens with um, uh, with Chloe in this movie, where you know, th- from the very first trailer, I was like, who is this woman? Because she is gorgeous right and and the moment I, I i saw her on screen watching the movie um it, it's not that her beauty was no longer on my mind but it was the furthest thing from my mind right because i was so focused on the fact that she's out there scavenging you know right. at, at, at the beginning of the movie and and the way that she handles uh, Waffner with such um, irreverence and yet there's that sort of backhanded respect 
where yeah. it's like, you know, she's showing him just enough respect so that he doesn't shoot her in the head. Uh, not for herself. Although there is self-preservation there before her brother for Paul, right. like she needs to be there for him. She needs to be there for her aunt. Um, and, and then the way that she just takes control when they get into uh, into the church. Oh, um, yeah. Like she's never operated a flamethrower before. And yet <laughs> I believe that she can strap one on and right. and and, you know, turn uh, that zombie into uh in, into cookie crisp well and I, I love i love that moment when they get in there and they're like all right yeah no we're gonna get to your brother we gotta do this this and that first he's like fuck that i'm out and leave yeah. <laughs> and, ford, and ford just goes yeah there was no chance that she wasn't gonna do that as soon as we got in here like Boyce is you know just flabbergasted that she's run off by himself and ford is he's like, yeah duh you know like yeah. he, he knew exactly what she was gonna do when they got in there but and it's because she was portrayed in a way of being just that strong mm -hmm. and it, it becomes part of that you know that naivete of boys being new to this and ford being you know he's been around right. he's seen strong women he knows how they act but it was yeah. just it was great that even he acknowledged that yeah of course that's what she's gonna go do you know and, <laughs> and th that was that was such a it was such a good moment because you're right she was she was so great like i mean when you really look back on it there's really only one time when she was really stupid. There was one time when she started to walk into that cell that the that the the Nazi had opened and said her brother was in there. And you're sitting there watching when that door opens to the outside and you're halfway in there now. Like it's a tiny shove and you're locked in there. Yeah. That was but but at the same time, she's thinking her brother might be in this dark room and that's that's her end game is to get right. him out she's terrified she's not thinking clearly so it even makes sense that one time that she did something stupid it still makes sense for her character to do something dumb in that moment yeah. because she just wasn't thinking correctly but other than that she's always doing the right thing when she refuses to speak english to him at first and she i had to find i had to find out if you were pigs too you know, when she finally yeah. speaks English to him, you know, she plays them at the beginning. Everything she does is is strong female lead. It was it was great. Uh, yeah, man. Um, right there. With but you. yeah, like there was there was a, you, it's funny because you're right. Just so many characters because we didn't we didn't even mention um, uh, Ian Casticker from Agents yeah. of S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, is, is where I think of him from, uh, of, of Fitzsimmons. But he was so good as this guy who clearly, we, we you know, we, we keep saying built for this. Boyce wasn't built for this, but he was more built for this than, <laughs> than, than, than um, Chase than he, was. Yeah. yeah, than Chase was. I mean, Chase had, Chase was there to take pictures. When he has to go cut Waffner down and he's, he's just kind of kicking at him and then he, he falls and he, and he, he drops his gun and everything. It's obvious that this guy's not a soldier. He mm -hmm. he he parachutes down with two different cameras. One of them has a flashball <laughs> big enough to see from an airplane, right? <laughs> which which Wyatt Russell handles immediately. For I, no, I love that. He was like, "Oh, your camera made it. Oh, oh <laughs> can, can oh, I that's see a that? Good one." He's like giving him all the specs <laughs> and stuff. He's like, "Oh yeah, no, that's a great one." And then just spikes it out into the woods, <laughs> you know, and and. So what all, but what Chase does get is a transformation scene that really kind of brings us into the next thing that we want to look at. 
and column Nazi zombies, columns, you know, zombie Nazis, whatever <laughs> you want to go with, right? What does he say? If if Hitler's going to build a thousand year Reich, he needs thousand year, year soldiers. soldiers. Yeah. And so we get this idea of Nazis taking not only their dead, but just killing people from this town and injecting them with the serum that I even went back and rewatched part because they never really fully say, but it's got something to do with the tar that runs underneath this town. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, so they're injecting it with the serum made from this tar and they create monsters. So when you're looking at the, the thousand year soldiers that were presented here, how do they work for you as monster movies? Uh, uh, like, what do you think about them? So I, there's, there's, I think that there is a, I wouldn't call it a change, but there's a nod to the gothic horror movies of Universal Studios when Boyce finally makes his way into the church. Right. Because the setting turns into it's a gothic church. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And 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 you start getting the Dracula and the Frankenstein and all that stuff that was popular at this time. And that's one of the things that I love about this movie is that the science that they use in this is I mean, it's not science. It's science. Yeah, exactly. You know, and and you're right in that they never exactly explain what it is that's going on. Like they show you enough for you to say, okay, um, Nazi science. Right. And French tar. French tar. Uh, So my understanding is that they use the bodies of the, the, the French people in Seal Blanc to filter this tar because the tar the tar on its own was unusable so that's like the one in the sack right so they have these people in the sacks right um and and they the the tars like pumped through them and filtered through them which is what turns them into these you know heaving wheezing monstrosities like chloe's on so because because of that they they are left like shells of people but when injected you turn into this you know incredibly strong monstrous thing but they haven't okay. they haven't found a way to stabilize it yet there we go okay so it's, now, it's, it's, now, it's an now unstable it serum yeah um but it seems like every batch that they make gets closer and closer to right. providing that thousand year soldier that they need because we we see the guy uh that's put into the you know little i just think of it as like little morgue shelves yeah right? yeah yeah Where, they're just like cold storage yeah cold storage um and all those thousand year soldiers that come out at the end they seem to know what the fuck to do yes um but obviously they have training that and that's what i like about the thousand year soldier what the serum does to people is that you don't forget who you are so it's not zombieism in in the way that we've known since um a night of the living dead 
where you die and then you turn into a, a flesh craving you know, a lunatic, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it's also not a, uh, a, a a zombie in the sense of like the, the voodoo zombie where you're being controlled, even though there is a sense that they can control these soldiers, that they can give them. Right. Order. It's this weird combination of that stuff because it also works on people who are alive because Waffner also turns into one of these monstrosities while he's alive. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, Ford, so does Ford uses uses the serum to uh, to stay alive. And so the, it's it's a weird thing because now can they not die? Are they undead in that way? Right. Uh, because these things are totally unkillable. Yeah. I mean, if 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 you thought that in Return of the Living Dead, the zombies were like damn near impossible to kill. These things are actually impossible to kill. Right. We're like, talking full machine gun clips poured into these things. Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Shot to the head. Nothing. Right. Nothing. Because they heal. Yeah. And we, we see that in um, – you find out if you watch some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that they call that um, that first zombie that we see, the one that, that's missing the arm. Yeah. They call it the mistake uh, because – they have been experimenting with it with um, uh, limb regeneration. And uh, you can see okay. all these different areas where he's been like lobotomized and he's been autopsied. So like yeah. so much has gone into this guy and, and th- they keep trying to make him whole again. And, and each time he gets worse and worse. Yeah. Um, and, and so uh, they, they, the way it's used is in different. I don't know. To, to, to me, I think that if they had tried to explain the pseudoscience more, it would have gone into the realm of, OK, well, that's not real science. Right. And and if they hadn't explained as much as they did, we would have been too in the dark. And I think that they found this this perfect balance where it's like, OK, you have enough science here to work in a movie that's basically magic right um <laughs> because that's really what it is it's, it's it's all fucking fantasy right uh because this shit didn't really happen correct um that we know so of. that we know of, right um and 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 then what they give us is because they can play fast and loose with this science with this serum with the kind of zombie that they have because it's not really a zombie um they can create different kinds of monsters they can create one that is more like a mindless zombie like the mistake and then they can create what i think is the ultimate monster in the movie waffner right and 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 the crazy thing is that waffner is really no different after he gets injected than he was before yeah all he all he is is he's allowed himself to unlock his true physical uh, ability. Right. Because we saw him at the beginning of the movie knocking on doors and being polite because he had to worry about his mortality. But now that he doesn't, fuck the rules. They don't, believe, <laughs> I don't, I don't play by them anymore. Right. right. Because not only am I a zombie, I'm an un, a, a Nazi. I'm an unkillable Nazi now. So empty the clip of that Thompson into me because I'm going to keep coming at you. Right. And then they give him that fucking incredible design on the face. Oh, my God, dude. That was so good. Like when you finally 
because the whole time when he first when he when he gets shot at and stuff and he runs in there and he's got his face covered up and he injects himself and you're just waiting and then he finally kicks up and you see that hole like blown in his cheek and and he doesn't care about it because he's just injected himself with two of these vials yeah and and he's just Oh, but that design was so, so good. That was such an awesome way to make him stand out and look even more badass than all the rest. And 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 to me, that's like the true Waffner there because Waffner's a monster. Right. You know? uh, any, anyone who is, who is willing to abuse their power is a monster. Anyone, anyone who is willing to... Uh, to to accost a woman is a monster. Anyone who is who is willing to do any of the things that we saw him do in the first half of that movie is a monster. And mm-hmm. and and we finally see him for for the monster that he is. He's not this buttoned up, you know, nice, polite, you know, smooth talking guy. He's a monster. Yeah, and, and and we we get monsters in this movie in in the vein of Universal monsters, and 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 to to me, there's there's very few movies that capture that Universal monster feel, and a lot of that has to do with that gothic setting of the church. It has to do with the pseudoscience that goes into this because it's like Frankenstein. How the fuck does Frankenstein come alive? Was well, it just fucking electricity? Yeah, it's it like pumps, pumps the heart uh, because, like, as far as I know, that doesn't fucking work. So there's extra shit that goes in there, <laughs> right? There's all the fucking bubbles and the that's going on there and that's the pseudoscience that doesn't need to be explained because i'm there for it okay you got me there's other shit i can't i can't understand here and that's what this movie does they went back to what makes monsters scary it's the fact that we don't fucking understand everything that goes into them but even more so it's their nature it's the nature of the monster because just like frankenstein the real monster in that movie is not the monster it's the fucking people, right? right? It, just like here, the real monster in this movie are the Nazis, which is why the horror of this, right? The fear that imagine a world where you cannot kill the Nazis, right? Where no matter how much you pour bullets into them, no matter how many bombs you drop on them, they just keep coming. That to me is the scariest fucking reality of all. And that's present there from the very beginning. So that's why I think that this movie is such a perfect, perfect marriage of war and horror because they really exploit the horror of the Nazi. They really exploit the horror of war. We are the monster. And you see it on his face. It's right here on the background. If you're watching, if you're watching live, Waffner, uh, I mean, I I didn't talk about uh, that actor, but fuck, he's really good. He's really, really good. Yeah. I mean, they did, they did a lot here. I want to, I want to start off with just, um, by the way, that, that, oh my God, I just realized that the guy who played Waffner, he looks so uh, he looks so different. I didn't even realize it was him. It's the guy who played Euron Greyjoy on yeah. Game of Thrones. There's three Game of Thrones actors in this movie. I yeah, like I like when I I was clicking on there because I was like, I need to see how to pronounce this guy's name. And then um, when I went, I was like, wait a minute. Now that I see him with the beard and different hair, I didn't even realize that was him. Oh my yeah. god. Okay, so anyway. They do a lot, but the first thing I want to talk about is that time we get the up close and personal transformation into one of them, which is oh, yeah. 
So Waffner puts a couple bullets in Chase. Chase goes down dead. Boyce makes the decision to inject him. And he sits up. And we get levels of his transformation. They happen very yeah. quickly. But we do get an escalation, which is breath. He sits up. And he's very thirsty. I'm thirsty. <laughs> yeah, he's very thirsty. And he, and he polishes off the campaign, the, the canteen. And then he stands up and he's, he feels great. Mm. Feels great. But then he starts to get hot and he's sweating. And then he and then his he starts talking about how his head hurts. And then he puts his head through a four by four beam. Yeah. <laughs> and like it's nothing. It's like, wait a minute, your head hurt. You shouldn't have done that. But okay, do you, right? But then, oh my God, when the transformation actually starts, this the transformation that he gets of turning into this monster, whereas like you start to see his his bones are growing weird and all sorts of stuff is happening with his muscle. And there's that disgusting cracking noise and like his collarbone turns out and his head goes straight back and you just see all these bones and everything. And it's so cool. That was such a great transformation scene. And the fact that the transformation started before the physical part Mm -hmm. made it that much even better. But then you immediately learn how strong these things are because, yes, they put seven, eight, 12 rounds from a Thompson into his torso, and he's just, I'm good, you know? I mean, it takes having his head destroyed. Mm -hmm. Just getting hit a couple times. I mean, he turned his head to stew before (laughs) he was dead. But you get this great transformation, and then all of a sudden you go, holy shit, what am I dealing with? Because before that moment, all we'd really seen was boys looking through peepholes. And we got some really mm-hmm. scary, you, you, some really scary moments that, that kind of seemed like they would have fit in and, and just about any horror film, you know. There's you the funky got, eyeball. <laughs> yeah, you just get some weird glimpses of, of monsters. But now you're seeing this and you're going, oh my God, yes. It's and you immediately, yeah. And you immediately have the thought of, holy shit, it's the Nazis that have this. That means they're going to turn Nazis into these, you know? And you're right. Like, that's the thought. You go, no, 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 no. The last people who should have this are the Nazis. <laughs> like, that, that, that's that's worst case scenario is that somehow the Nazis have this. But you get, like, you were talking about the guy that they call the mistake. You get all these levels of what they are. You get him... You get Chase turning into it. You get the, what is simultaneously horrifying and hilarious, the head that's just on a spine, like singing. (laughs) Yeah. That's, (laughs) you'd be hard pressed to find a moment in a movie that scared me that much while I was laughing. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was it was such it's a, creepy, man. It's so creepy. And it's you macabre, know, it's, I think, is the right word. There we go. That is probably absolutely the right yeah. word. But yeah, because he, he pulls this curtain back and it's like, oh, <laughs> it's just a head. <laughs> so, OK, I don't know. Why can't <laughs> I get it out of my head? Yes, exactly. And it's and it's all you and it's, it's all I'm ever going to think about again. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, so, so you've got that level. Of, then you've got the ones that you that you that they that he catches through the peephole. But then then you get Waffner who does it to himself while he's alive. But then Waffner also goes and he opens up a bunch of the cold storage. And when those guys get out. They look like the Vitruvian man. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like like those guys come out and you go, is 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 this what Hitler was after? Because it it seems that he's found it. That's you the know, Ubermensch, like, man. Yeah, that's yeah. the Ubermensch. Exactly. Like they come out and those dudes look like ripped up trained soldiers who are following orders while you know that they're unkillable. And they look strong as hell. Like even when Waffner, you know, like you knew he was strong because he's lifting, he's lifting people up and slamming stuff around and throwing people through windows. He was still clothed. These guys come out with no shirts on. You're like, yeah, those guys look strong. And I know they're strong. (laughs) So that again is horrifying. They did a really good job with it. And I've been trying to put my finger on why. And I think you killed it with this idea of their playing with their own rules and they establish them just enough that you're giving them the leeway to keep creating their own rules. We had the, you know, we, we have the talk all the time of, of playing by, you know, once you establish your rules, play by them. They established real loose boundaries and they stayed within them, but then they were able to create within that space. And we ended up with something that felt, familiar as a zombie but felt very new and fresh as this thousand year soldier and they were able to create something that scared that entertained and that was exciting and i mean down to the fact that once ford puts this stuff in him and and he's fighting you get a really cool you know it's like a man-sized kaiju fight yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I thought. You, yeah. you know, you know, actually, what 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 I thought um, was there's um, probably the most famous scene of Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, where uh, I don't know if you ever saw this. No, one. I haven't seen that one yet. Uh, but uh, I mean, it's it, it's good enough. <laughs> okay. I think um, it, it, it's it, it should be called Frankenstein meets the Wolfman five minutes before the movie ends. Um, <laughs> But those five minutes, oh, man, what a five minutes they are. Nice. Because they're fighting in a crypt that, oh, that is comes uh, washed away by by a flood. And it's an incredible bit of, like, cinema that's there. And that's exactly what this was. Yeah. It was Frankenstein and the, and, 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 the, and the Wolfman fighting each other in this crypt. Yeah. Fuck, it's so good. And so, and so you, you've got all this going on. But then at the very last, you know, kind of the very last minute, they remind you of what you said, which is that idea that we can't forget that people did this mm-hmm. and that people are the monsters because Ford is sitting there and he knows that if he gets out alive, then the Americans will have it because even if they blow up that lab, it's in him. Yep. And so he he looks at Boyce and he goes, no one should have this, not even us. And you're immediately reminded that, yes, the Nazis are terrible, awful human beings. And, and it's good that the world banded together to fight them. But also there are bad people everywhere. Not Nazi bad, but there are bad people everywhere. And that bad people with money are going to try to, you know, are going to find ways to make more money. Bad people who like war or just want to, you know, further the war machine are going to find ways to do that. And he, he, he knows that. And so he doesn't just sacrifice himself because for the sake of the movie, because it's going to make him a great hero. 
he sacrifices himself and it, it, it proves the point of the fact that there are things that are jet. There are just monstrous things that no one in the world should have, whether you're a good guy or a bad guy. And, and yeah. he, he's acknowledging the fact that even, and I mean, this dude is a hardcore soldier. This is a guy who's watching the sergeant get gunned down, knowing there's no point in doing anything. This is the guy who wasn't going to save the kid. The sergeant was not our mission. Yeah. Yeah. The girl is not our mission. The sergeant is not our mission. He wasn't going to save the kid. Mm -hmm. This guy is all about the mission and being a soldier. And in that moment, even he has to acknowledge that there are awful people in power everywhere and that no one should have this because some things are just too monstrous for this world. And so it's not just a cool, epic, I died saving the world thing. Mm -hmm. He died saving the world in more ways than one. He shut them down and kept anybody else from getting this. And that was really cool because like you said, and like, like Frankenstein has said, like King Kong has said, yeah. like all these movies are always saying, we're the bad guys, you know, like man, twas beauty killed the beast, right? Yeah. It's, it's, we, we forget that sometimes and it's easy to get caught up in these movies that are good guys versus bad guys. And this movie did a great job of reestablishing all that and giving us some great zombies. So hell yeah. Yeah. A, a, <laughs> a good monster movie, I think always reflects a part of us in right. that monster uh, because I mean, there are really enjoyable monster movies that I think are not terribly smart. Uh, but that's all they are. They're enjoyable. Right. Like but I Tremors. think you can uh, right, like Tremors. Tremors is, <laughs> Tremors is great. I love Tremors. But it's not saying much. Yeah, there's no there's no social commentary in Tremors. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but but then you get something like this where uh, the movie is steeped in social commentary. Right. Because uh it, it would have been, like you said, very easy just to let let Ford have his hero moment. Yeah. And a lot of movies do that. And then they get a little preachy right there in the end. And that's when they start to lose you. It's like, ah, oh, well, where did this come from? Right. But that's established right from the beginning because of uh, uh, Sergeant uh, Resin says right there on the plane, we have to become just like them. The yes. Why? And that, I got to love that. Why did the Nazis put a jamming tower on top of a church? <laughs> I don't know. Because the Nazis are evil sons of bitches. <laughs> like, hell yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and to, to a degree, uh, yeah, kind of. You know, you do have to meet, um, you know, your enemy on the field of battle. And so you do have to bring battle to them. Right. But Boyce is kind of that, you know, the, the antithesis to that. It's like you, you can do the right thing and still win. Good will triumph. And maybe that's idealistic. But we're also watching a movie where zombies turn uh, Nazis turn into zombies. Correct. You know, and 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 and, and so it's as, as, loose. Yeah. As long as you're doing that, you might as well have something to say. Yes. You know, about about good and evil and 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 show how guys like. Like the Sarge, like the corporal are wrong yes yeah i mean and they, they they did all of that and and it was just it was so good to see all that because like i said i just i i don't i didn't know what to expect of the monsters and 
what was funny was by the time they got there, like I said earlier, they were just another piece of the puzzle. They didn't mm-hmm. steal the movie. The movie didn't become all about them. They were they were just a plot device. And while done very well, I was I didn't I I was I I was I was prepared to be disappointed in them. I was like, oh, they're going to explain this in some stupid way, and then they didn't. And I was like, I'm okay with that. Yeah. And so I thought the Thousand Year Soldiers were dope. I, I thought that the way that that they did everything with them was really cool. I thought I thought they were just really good movie monsters. Awesome. And so there's only one more thing that I think we need to talk about before uh, we rank this movie. Uh, and, and it's an area I've, I've called casualties of war. Um, so this, this movie is gruesome. It is brutal. And, and the deaths put that all on display. Um, it's a war movie. Right. And it's a horror movie. So does the violence and the gore hit in the way that Julius Avery intended? Does it do anything for you? Uh, and, and, and also, like, is it good? You know, because, yeah. like, that's, that's, that's what we want as horror fans. Yeah. Man, it was really good. It was, <laughs> it was really good. It was, it was understated when it should have been understated. It was, it was really gruesome when it should have been really gruesome we got some we got some great deaths that you know we got the grenade in the mouth great effect right and you get just all these and then you get all these nazis get mowed down at one time just a medium amount of blood and all that but then with that first but then when chloe gets inside and she's looking inside the the cell where the nazi tells her her brother is and and you get just just entrails and stuff that are out where obviously they've been feeding this thing or whatever is going on in there, you know, then you get into the lab and you get just all sorts of weird stuff. Like I said, just I mean, not even gruesome, but really scary. The singing head yeah. and, and stuff like that. The, I mean, but you want to talk about just deaths that aren't even gory, but the death, the violence being affected I was not ready for that plane to get shot down that soon. Mm. And then for the guy to freak out and rush the aisle and just get shredded by bullets coming through there. Very effective use of all that establishing realism uh, in, in that stuff. They, what they did with the violence in this movie was even once we got to zombies, we were still presented with, extremely realistic fighting and 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 gore and it wasn't ridiculously over the top unless it had to be they needed to show us the head turned to stew to make us understand how hard these things were to kill we had to see how gruesome and bloody that was but when you know when tibbets just popping soldiers we're just getting little bullet wounds yeah. And and little sprays, because that's all we need to know. Those are just regular guys. You take a bullet to the head, you die. <laughs> so I think that I think that they were remarkably effective with with all of the 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 with the, with the gore and the violence that we got in this. I think that there's there's a moment in this where the the implied or you know the the impending violence is 
is so you know vomit where like it, it turns your stomach when when Waff, when Waffner's in there with Chloe. Yeah. That implication of violence, not only the way that he says, "If you don't let me stay the night, I'm going to kidnap your brother." But when he is right about to have sex with her and you can see how disgusted she is, mm -hmm. like the, I mean, the, the implication of, of the fact that sexual violence is coming next. And, but again, not over the top, stopped it before it happened. Didn't go the route of making us watch a sexual assault for shock value. Right. And so, but they, they built the tension in that moment. So, well, the, 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 just, the, just the idea that violence was coming was scary. Yeah. And so you want to, that, that, I mean, that in a nutshell sums up how, how effective the violence in this movie was. It, it was so effective when it was there that when you were waiting for it, it was equally effective. Yeah. Oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> right. Just knowing, like you've seen what they've done to this point. So just knowing that this sexual assault is coming and that that violence is going to be there is enough that you're scared. And then thankfully we didn't, it didn't happen. But you were still terrified in that moment. So I think that violence is so effectively used in this that the implication of it becomes terrifying. And that's something that doesn't happen a lot of movies. I, I'm right there with you. I, I think that the the violence in this and, and that's not to say um, that I I'm against gratuitous violence. Uh, in movies because there there are definitely instances I, I love me a Friday the 13th oh yeah. Yeah, yeah you know yeah. I, I, I'm not saying I'm against gratuitous violence what I am saying is that when the violence means something when it helps you tell your story it is better right than the gratuitous violence and and the the violence in this there was such a brutality to it because of that sense of realism like you say that um i think it helps establish for those people who maybe are not as aware of the the horror of war and specifically the horror of the nazi yeah. that 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 this is the level of a fear that you should have of this stuff that this this is the 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 level of brutality that's involved with this stuff um and you're right that you know because right from the beginning this is established that um you know at any moment any it, it, any amount of violence can be inflicted on any amount of people right um we're expecting it and that builds tension and 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 tension is almost as good as the violence itself yeah i go back to that scene on the stairs going up to the attic that's such a brilliant scene the scene with uh with the almost rape where yeah. where you know she's almost raped i mean i i remember the first time i watched that movie and i was like fuck he's gonna do this isn't he yeah and then boyce comes in and saves the day but then there's that that little voice in the back of your head is like, that's not the first time this has happened. Correct. And Boyce wasn't there before. And she, you, you get the sense that she allowed it to happen because she would have stopped it. I think because of her character, but she allowed it to happen. Not for her, but for her brother, right. For her aunt, because she's seen what's happened to her parents. She's seen what's happened to her neighbors. And, and, um, we we get the sense that 
she doesn't hate her neighbor for calling her out. Right. At, at, at the beginning of, of that movie uh, where, where they first get into Seal Blanc because it's self-preservation, man. Yeah. You know, if, if, if these Nazis are going door to door and knocking on uh, knocking down your doors and and searching your house and, and any little thing could be caused for you to get shot in the head in the middle of the street like that. Yeah, I'm going to fucking protect myself and my family. Right. So if you're out on the street and it comes out that I didn't say anything and I saw you. No, no, no. Fuck that, man. I'm protecting my family because, you know, the level of violence. Right. And and I, I think it would use it was used to great effect. And also there were times when it just fucking rocked. Yeah. Like when when you see Waffner's face get blown off, like there's chunks of his yeah. of jaw of, of his cheek uh, that get blown. I mean, it's fucking awesome. And when you're looking at his face afterwards with his teeth all smashed one into the other. I mean, that's fucking sick, man. Yeah. Sick in the right way. You know, like it, it looks awesome. There's also the sense that like they, they really did study um, anatomy and studied war wounds to see what this shit would look like. Yeah. Uh, yeah and granted, there's there's a little bit of fantasy there because like we don't know what it would look like if an arm started to heal itself after it had been amputated <laughs> i mean I could, I could look at a starfish but you know there's only so much of an analog yeah <laughs> <laughs> and now I, i'm imagining patrick star in the movie <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah. this there's one table it's just the starfish that's the control <laughs> <laughs> oh man so uh, yeah I, I mean, to me um this is definitely a movie that needs to have that level of uh, of brutality, that level of violence, the gore. It 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 needs it because you can take that away from a lot of movies and still have the same movie, or maybe even have a better movie sometimes uh, when you take that stuff away. But this is a movie that I think needs it. Yeah, I agree. Which is going to take us to the point now where we are going to rate this movie. Now, we like to remind you every week that we only rate a movie against itself. It's not fair to put this up against any other zombie movie we may see because, let's face it, this is nothing like Night of the Living Dead. So why should we be comparing it on that scale? Which is why for every movie that we watch, we like to create a unique rating system. And for this one, there wasn't much debate because once we kind of threw this one out there, it's the one that stuck. And so, Dave, out of a possible five meat-hooked corporals, what do you give Overlord? You're being awful generous because it, it, it was it was you who came up with it. Uh, <laughs> it um, and, and you're you're better at this than I am. Uh, oh, so it, whenever whenever there's a there's there's a good rating system, you can pretty much you know bet your ass that it was Debona that came up with it. <laughs> um, all right, so here's the thing. A couple weeks ago when we did uh, the black book, uh, the black phone, sorry. Right. Um, I said that I was not gold starring it because I had just seen the movie and I didn't know how I was going to feel about it in a couple of years. Uh, but that I was almost certain that it would be gold starred. Right. Um, this movie, I've had a couple of years to live with this movie. I remember watching it in theaters. I, I remember being excited about that that initial trailer and thinking, 
fuck, it's Wolfenstein. And then thinking, fuck, it's not Wolfenstein, but it's fucking awesome. Um, <laughs> and and so I've had, uh, what is it, almost, you know, it's four years now with this movie. And each time I watch it, I enjoy it more and more and more. And I find other little things that I'm picking out there that make me enjoy it even more. If I had just watched this movie, I'd probably give it five, which is crazy high. But because I've seen this movie so damn much and it only gets better, I have to give it six meat hook uh, corporals out of five. I have to give this the gold star because fuck, it's just one of my favorite movies, man. Uh, dude, absolutely nothing wrong with that. Uh, I am I'm not going to go that high. Obviously, this is the first mm-hmm. time I've seen it. Um, and again, in the way that you looked at Black Phone and said you may go back in a, in a couple months and gold start, I may go back and watch this movie at some point and raise this up some. Not that it is low, but there's 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 something in. When, when I watch something and I decide to, and, and I decide to give it five, there's, it, it's almost like I feel something click inside of me. And while there was nothing wrong with this movie, I never quite felt that click. Mm-hmm. I loved this. I thought it was incredible. I will recommend this to a ton of people. And yes, I will definitely watch this again. And when that time comes, it might get that last half of a meat hooked corporal, but I'm going to sit at just four and a half um meat hooked corporals like i said i and and i will let me also temper this with the fact that when i watched this yesterday i had just finished like a two and a half hour little league practice in a pair of jeans (laughs) because i forgot my gym bag so i was exhausted too and that may have played into it so i'm gonna watch it more alert uh next time and it may earn that last half star because i may have just not been in the right place to to feel or hear that click but I do think that this movie was damn near perfect, and I can't put my finger on what it is that I want for that last half star. So I'm going to blame it on my fatigue, and I may redux this, you know, a couple months from now when I watch it um, in yeah. a better place. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go four and a half meat hooked corporals. I was it was spectacular. It was absolutely spectacular. I loved so much about it. Every actor did a great job, but just not quite five. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. You know, there's some time I, giving it that five is is saying that this is perfect. Right. And if you're not feeling perfection, you 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 can't give it. Right. You can't. And um, so, yeah. Yeah. And, and I get the, the frame of mind thing, too. The first time I saw what we do in the shadows, I was not in the right frame of mind. And I remember finishing that movie and and uh, texting uh, Jeff and Nary and saying, guys, I don't get it. it it wasn't it it, i laughed twice you what the fuck is this and i watched it a couple of months later in the right frame of mind and i was like i take it back this thing is brilliant (laughs) it's great Yeah. yeah so uh so there you have it four and a half Plus six divided by two gives us 5.25 which rounds down to five um and i ain't I, i ain't I ain't mad, man. Right. I mean, it's still a five out of five, right? Yeah, well, absolutely. And and I'll take it. So um, this is definitely the kind of movie that um, I think 
could have a sequel where we can follow Boyce and Tibbet and Rosenfeld uh, on their adventures in C Company and and get some some more, you know, Nazi killing. And I'd be down for it. Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to get it. Um, Probably not. Yeah. And I doubt that. And and I don't even know how much it made, but I doubt it made enough to, to warrant a sequel. And even more importantly, I sincerely doubt that any sequel would live up to it. Uh, I just don't think, yeah, no, it had to have lost money because. Oh yeah, it it did. I'm looking, yeah, I'm looking at, it grossed uh, 41 million million worldwide. 38. On, yeah, on a thirty-eight million dollar budget. Yeah, so uh, so that probably lost quite a bit of money once you calculate for for marketing and advertisement and stuff like that. Uh, so there's no way this is getting a sequel. But I would love to see this story continue. Maybe we'll get a comic book uh, series that there we go. that comes about. You know, uh, someone like Dark Horse or IDW. This is right up their alley. Yes, and and I'd I'd love to see that. Um, J.J. Abrams continues to show that, um, you know, even when he's not in the director's chair, he, you know, Bad Robot is such a fantastic company. You know, stuff like Cloverfield, um, you know, it's just he he knows good shit when he sees it and he knows when to hand that off to someone else. Because as, as much as I love Abrams, I think that Julius Avery was the right director for this. Yeah. And I've, I, I've never seen any of his other stuff. So I can't say that based on, you know, this movie or that movie, but fuck, he he knew what to do here. Yeah, he killed it. So um, if you've enjoyed listening to us, make sure you head to shiverpod.com where you can find links to all all of our social media. You can listen to our episodes right there on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Cast, all sorts of stuff. You can also find links to our YouTube, all of our social medias, which are all at shiverpod. If you're watching live now or you catch us on YouTube, uh, I know it's super cliche to, to say, but if you could click that subscribe button, that's going to help us out a lot. We got to hit a certain number before we can get our own uh, URL over there at YouTube. So make sure that you like us on the social media as we try to stay super active on there. I'm drop, I, I try to drop some memes, reminders of what's coming up. Uh, so make sure you follow us there. Also, don't forget you can head to T Public where you can look up Geek Bro and you can find our awesome logo right over here. And you can find that and get it put on damn near anything. Dave's got it on a coffee mug. I've got it on a shirt. I'm pretty sure you can order pillows and all sorts of stuff. So at a T public, look for Geek Bro and then find us underneath there at Shiver. Absolutely. Uh, for those of you that uh, like to prepare for next week, next week we will be doing X. Yes. The, uh, very excited. Yeah. Uh, you still haven't seen it, right? I still have not. No, okay. I've, been, I've been putting off like once we had a date for it, I was like, all right, I'm going into it fresh. I, I have not watched anything about Pearl because I know Pearl is. So I haven't watched the trailer for Pearl because I know that it's a prequel and I yep. don't want to have anything ruined. Um, so I'm, I'm going into X almost completely blind i know there's texas chainsaw vibes yeah and i know it's a 24 and i'm hyped <laughs> yeah yeah so uh so because pearl is coming out uh next week uh we figured you know what let's strike while the iron is hot let's do x and that'll force you uh the the viewer the listener uh to to, to watch it with us and prepare for pearl as well yeah. so uh so that's what we'll be doing next week as uh as we start heading into our um, 
or Halloween vibes. We have got some great stuff on deck too. With Halloween coming up, we're looking at doing our our Halloween month. We're trying to sync some stuff up, not only X with Pearl, but we're looking at syncing up doing Terrifier versus when Terrifier 2 comes out. Mm -hmm. And the new Hellraiser reboot is going to go straight to Hulu. So since it's streaming, we're going to do it when it's brand new. Actually, not a reboot. I was just reading about this today. I thought it yeah. was a reboot. The uh the director says that this is uh this is not a reboot, that he did not want to uh attempt to remake in any way that original Hellraiser. So it takes place within the same universe as okay. the original Hellraiser. Yeah, it's chick, really chick interesting. Pinhead. Yeah, they just released some <laughs> pictures of this and she looks terrifying. Yes. Yeah, very excited. Uh, so, terrifying and and uh, and also slightly arousing. I can't I, I can't explain it, but uh, I don't hate it. Exactly. So make sure you ha- make hey make sure you follow Shiverpod on all the social medias. We'll keep you up to date on not only what episodes are coming up, but we've got some great special guests coming up on some future episodes as well. Yeah, absolutely. So on behalf of all of us here at Shiver, fright you very much.